Hagan, welcome, bonjourno, shabbat shalom, to the Puntcast. The Puntcast is all about what I like to call the three S's of life. Storytelling, friendship, laughter, and of course, punting. And of course, in the wise words of Miley Cyrus, the climb. What is punting? Well, perhaps an example is better than a story. Yeah, bro, there it was, up there, about to send. And then I punted. Yeah, man, I was talking to her and things were going really well, and then I... Because to punt is to try really, really hard. The punt isn't the admitting of defeat. It's putting yourself out on a limb and having that limb snap. So keep on trying, because you might punt, but you might not. It was this damn-ass rock. I want, I want to live. You can live, but do you want to keep the rock and pee on it? Oh, wait. My good friend Kyle Smith and his dog Chilko were gracious enough to be my first guests. Um, I tried to do an interview with my friend Tony after a, a bottle of whiskey, and well, that went as well as you, as well as you, as well as we punted. <laughs> Anyways, Kyle's a lovely dude, really interesting guy. Um, I thought it was a really, really cool conversation. We talked a lot about his adventures, specifically in the Great Bear Rainforest. We got into issues about the Great Bear Rainforest. Some dude just walked by me with a Pitbull t-shirt. Dale. Issues in the Great Boy Rainforest. And how he's trying to leave his mark. I was, I'm really inspired by Kyle. He's a total legend. And I, I think you'll get a kick out of this interview. So with that note, stay sweet and don't punt. Hey, it's Kermit the Frog here, but not actually. So please don't sue me. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, wow, wow. I was going to turn around and be like, Kyle, we got to roll. Man, I saw him, and then I saw the cops, and I was like, Choco, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude. So I was like, barring up all the windows and stuff. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about that. You live in your van with your dog. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh, it's been a year, a couple weeks ago. And how did that sort of come about? The did van? you just... Not the van, both. Yeah, yeah, both. Let's start with let's start with the van and then the dog. Van. I don't know. I just like saw people living in their vans and like it looked pretty cool. You Were know? you climbing at that time? I just started, and I wanted to climb all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah word. I really feel that. <laughs> yeah, and then I and then I just like couldn't get it, the idea out of my head, and then I just I just did it, and then. Always wanted a dog, but I could never have a dog because every place I'd live, they couldn't. I couldn't have one, and I couldn't afford to have a car and and a place. Mm-hmm. So by like having this van as my home and my vehicle allowed me to like get Choco. And, and how did where'd you get Choco from? I got him north of Kamloops. Adopted him off this uh, this farm. No one wanted him. Weird, like, dogs Craigslist. Yeah, basically. He was four months old, and she's like, I got this dog. I can't take care of him. Doesn't have a name. I give him food, but that's it. Like, he's a wild dog. <laughs> and so I just cool. called her, and I was like, I can't come for a month, but, like, I will adopt him. And she just, like, was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
and at first was it was it hard like did you guys get along right at first or uh he was pretty freaked out at first he didn't know what the fuck was going on yeah yeah, yeah fair enough but like the next day the next day he like figured it out he was like okay this might be my new spot and were there anything that like you like sort of had to get used to yourself you know what i mean like because i mean like living in a van how long were you living in the van before then uh half a year yeah so i mean yeah. like you know you talk you hear sometimes like when people when couples move in together yeah well, you know obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there <laughs> two guys one dog he takes up the whole fucking bed. Yeah, you know, like, honestly, though, like, like, yeah. you don't, all of a sudden, it's not just you. Yeah, totally. Like, he fucking makes a mess, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Gotta clean after his ass all the time. Yeah, and make sure that he doesn't get, doesn't kill tourists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there anything that you sort of had to learn, though? Uh, just to be more patient. Okay. Yeah. Like, he pushes my patience. He's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but he's but he's awesome. And you take him with you take him with you everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. I try to. That was like the point. I was like, if I'm gonna get a dog, I'm gonna like make sure they can he can come with me. Yeah, I mean like every time we've climbed. Oh yeah. It's it's Kyle and Chilko. It's not just Kyle, which is awesome. You know what I mean? Or like even like at the top of the north, like when we went up to the north gully, and he just like had his spot. Yeah, like today, it was just me and him up there all day. Uh-huh. It was awesome. I went down for like four hours, and he just like hung out on What'd top. What'd you get on? Uh, this new splitter crack. It's hard, but not super hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah. spent like four hours taking out some big, loose blocks today. Yeah. Um, that's actually a good transition, though. Like, you started... You haven't been climbing for that long. No. Not really that long. When did you start climbing? Maybe like... This will be like my second full season. And you've like already, how many routes do you think you've put up? Close to 50. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like no one does that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like no one starts climbing and just like, like, you know, the transition from gym to crag. No one does the transition from gym to your own route and like totally. pulling off choss blocks. Like it's how so did that happen? Uh, get, getting into route development was just kind of basically out of necessity. Really? It was like, uh, where I work, it's super remote, and um, there's no other climbers, but mm-hmm. there's this beautiful crag there, so, and I was just, like, dying. I wanted to climb so bad, so I just, like, was like, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to develop a couple routes. And this is, like, fresh on, just starting climbing, like, okay, yeah. you're fucking keen. Yeah, this is, like, yeah, the end of my first real summer climbing. Where things start to sort of piece together. Yeah, yeah. So I just, like, figured it out. But my first time, like put up a route and I had no one to climb with so I I ran like a fixed line with a bunch of um, alpine butterfly knots every three feet and and two like yeah and it was like overhanging it was really sketchy and hard that would be so scary man yeah yeah but it was a lot of fun yeah I bet <laughs> so did you, do you remember the first route you put up oh yeah it's called upside down canoe <laughs> It's named after the island it's on. That's awesome. It's good. What does it go at? Uh, I'm the only one that's ever climbed it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 5.14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 11 plus. Cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And so it just started like, you you talk about your work a little bit too. Yeah. Um, What do you do? Uh, Guiding mostly. 
Mo- yeah, most of the year I guide, and then. Mm-hmm. But not like conventional rock guiding, like. No, maybe one day that'd be pretty sweet. That would be sweet. No, not conventional rock guiding. I'm kind of specialized in grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. Wildlife viewing. Yeah, yeah, up in northern BC. Yeah, in the Great Bear Rainforest. That's really cool, man. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I remember you. T- I was just so when you told me about that, I was so stoked, man. Like, and how did that come about? I was thinking about that the other day. I really don't. I don't. I don't know. Like when I moved to BC. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved to BC, I like had this idea of what BC was, like big mountains and stuff. But I had no idea that there was like this temperate rainforest on the coast. And, I, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, like no I had one no, does. I, I had no. Yeah, I, no. Most people don't know. And I just like was like nerding out on the internet and like found out about this, and I was like, holy shit, I need to go see this place. And then like I loved it so much, and I had never even seen it. And like four years went by, and I still had never been. And then I started guiding on the Chilco River two seasons ago. Got some, guiding as in like bear viewing or fishing or uh, fly fishing guide really yeah yeah we talked about that a little bit yeah because I've been fishing was like kind of like the thing that got me into the outdoors I've yeah. been fishing my whole as life. a kid like with your parents or yeah with my dad yeah and then Ooh. just like I'd go fish I'd like skip school and go fishing and stuff and I like love skateboarding yeah, and fishing yeah, yeah. yeah just like that's so <laughs> just so fringe yeah, like, yeah. so offbeat <laughs> but and I loved it where'd you grow up uh, in Ottawa so you're like in like Southern Ontario. I guess Ottawa's yeah. not Southern Ontario, but oh, like... Oh, yeah, it's Southern Ontario. Pretty metropolitan. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> and you came out west. You did the classic migration. Oh, yeah. And how did that come into, like, like going into the outdoors? How did that start? Uh, fishing with my dad, and then, um, yeah, I just, like, would literally skip school and go fishing and stuff, and um, and then we have a place called Algonquin Park in Ontario. It's, like, this world-renowned backcountry canoeing mm-hmm. destination. And I loved camping, and then when, uh, grade 11 summer, I went on my first solo month back, uh, canoe trip. Really? Yeah. Alone? Yeah, and I did that for three, three years in a row. Yeah. To a different spot or to the same spot? Uh, through Gonkin Park. It's so extensive that you can spend a whole month in there and, like, not even see very much. So uh, did you bring food or did yeah. you? Yeah, 30 days worth of food. Anything wild happened? Probably lots, but... Oh, yeah. Anything that sticks out? Yeah, one time I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't told my mom this story. <laughs> You'll have to tread lightly here, yeah. Uh Basically, the, the equivalent of uh, quicksand, but mud. Mud sand? Yeah, mud sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shit. It's yeah. quick mud. I was on the map and like I needed to get to this lake and I was gonna follow this creek, but the creek had dried up. Mm-hmm. And this was like my first big backcountry trip, so like I was like learning trial by error. And I thought I could cross this dry creek with my canoe, um, not thinking like that portage or like yeah. just like drag it. Like I had like a month's worth of food and I guess yeah, you can't carry all that gear. Like, I would portage normally, but, like, this, like, it wasn't that far. And I was like, I'll just drag it up the dry dry creek bed. It'll be quick. And uh, not thinking that there was water, like, three feet under the mud. So as soon as I stepped out, it looked dry, but it was, like, not consolidated at all. Holy fuck. And I just, like, stepped in and started sinking. And, like, went up to, like, my chest and, like, couldn't get out. Because I had hip waders on and, like, suction and, like... 
I was there for a couple hours. It was really hard to get out. How'd you get out? Um, I was luckily close enough to shore. I managed to get my paddle around like a cedar branch and just like for a couple hours slowly just like pulled myself. Just completely alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was about halfway through the trip. Jeez. I was like, well, I gotta get out of this. <laughs> like, oh, right. well, here we go, fellas. Or I'm gonna die. Whoa. And like, so go forward to guiding yeah. and sort of like being in all of these great remote. I mean, the Great Bear Rainforest doesn't really get much more remote. Yeah. It's pretty that. Yeah. Do you think that's kind of your happy place? Oh, yeah. 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 And like guiding on the Chilco is sort of where it started. Yeah, like as a professional, that's where it started. Yeah, but like, uh, like exploring the backcountry, mm -hmm. definitely like northern Ontario. It's kind of my stomping ground. That's cool. Yeah, and I've done lots of trips like all over BC, but the the Great Bear Rainforest is like where it's at right now for me. Mm -hmm. So you were fly fishing and yep. guiding. Yeah. And then that's not is the Chilco River in the Great Bear Rainforest? No, the Chilco River is uh, the tributary off the Chilco Lake, which is. Um, on the eastern shore of the coast mountains. Okay. And then the Great Bear Rainforest is on the western shore of the coast mountains. Um, so cl close as the birds fly, but not close at all. Yeah. How do you even get up there? Uh, to where? Like, to the Chilco? Can you drive? or? Uh, you can technically drive to the Chilco. It's it's a long, like, 12-hour dirt road up to the And Chilco. then where you work now, you fly in, right? 12-hour uh, ferry overnight. Yeah. That is there. ridiculous. Yeah, this, this small First Nations town called Clemtu. And how did that sort of go about? We went off on a bit of a tangent. My interviewing skills are still... Well, that's okay. We're just, we're just talking. Yeah, we're just chatting. <laughs> so how did that How did that go? start? You're fly fishing, guiding, you're yeah. climbing. Were you climbing at that point? Just. Just starting. Okay. And like... Were you stoked? Yeah, I I basically didn't climb that much that summer because I was I was guiding so much. Mm -hmm. um, but then as soon as I was back, I was like, the hung I had the hunger for climbing. And yeah, that's special. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's a good feeling. And ever since, it's just like yeah, it doesn't go away too. Hey, it's know. like very perpetual. Oh yeah, everyday rock climbing's sort of the best day ever. Totally. totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think when you tap into that, you gotta just nurture it and not let that go it's hard to i can't even imagine letting that go though yeah for that long yeah it sucks it's yeah hard. but i don't know sometimes it's nice to take breaks from things you appreciate yeah. or then you really learn why you love mm -hmm. it and then like when you come back you're like you've got all this extra drive what are you doing <laughs> just being so ridiculous such a cunt. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess it's nice to have that sort of, because it's really a disconnect from everything. Up there, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a different world. Coming back here is crazy. Even, like, to Squamish, eh? Hey? Like, oh, yeah, it's so different, you know. What's it like up there? Um, it's, so it's basically just, like, a, a community of 400 First Nation locals mm -hmm. um, that have been, like, living there for, like, thousands of years. Um, they basically just, like fish and do like the standard thing you know that they've been doing forever just like basic basic life out there but it's awesome you know there's no roads it's like if you want to get anywhere you got you have to have a boat um it's just a wild place yeah. and what what brought what is it that brought you up there um 
what it originally was the coastal wolves actually um that brought me up there i didn't even know that those were there oh yeah really man. yeah the coastal oh. wolves um so i told you i've been doing like these big solo trips so i planned <laughs> almost dying yeah, yeah, yeah. On the... <laughs> i was like the first year so with like years of experience now i was like hey i'm gonna go to the great bear rainforest and i'm gonna go and spend a month on princess royal island and go photograph these coastal wolves yeah that's what i was gonna yeah do. can i stop you there yeah um your photography too there's pretty wild dude kyle uh so you're taking photos you're guiding yeah you started taking photos skateboarding yeah yeah as a little punk ass in ottawa yeah 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 totally and then did you just sort of bring the camera along these trips and start realizing like holy shit this is pretty cool or how did that how did photography come in yeah photography basically has been like running my life since i got into it like every major decision even climbing or even root developing, like, photography is always, like, the driving force for that. I just always want to take a picture. Uh, and I don't take that many pictures anymore. I, like, take maybe 10 to 20, like, a year sometimes. Really? They tend to be the shots I want. I, like, create images in my head, projects in my head, and then, like, I'll just, like, focus on those images until I get that i don't i don't really go out and just shoot yeah it's not just like this like shoot a thousand and if no, one turns no, out no. it's like I, this is the shot sometimes i'll go like 50 pictures all year but they generally are like every shot is like and then have you been able to like sell them or do you want to sell them or yeah so outside of guiding photography has been like my career for the last three years it's been paying the bills and how does that how does it pay the bills how does that work? Um, so, like, last two winters, I was working for a heli-ski company in Revelstoke. So going out with them, taking pictures of their guests, uh, backcountry skiing and snowboarding <laughs> in the mountains. And then a lot, a lot of freelance work. Um, so a lot of my friends tend to be pretty damn good athletes. So I just, like, tag along, and we create these projects and get these shots, and then generally the magazines want to use them, if I'm lucky. That's really cool. And then... My my biggest and favorite way uh, to kind of make the photography thing work is through fine art, creating these like special images and having people uh, purchase them for their homes. And you've been able to do that, hey? Yeah, that's a, cool. Man. A few a year, but they're generally pretty big uh, projects mm -hmm. that are pretty awesome when they. Turn. Any photos that sort of stand out that you're proud of, or? Um, yeah, there's 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 a couple from from uh, this last season, the Great Bear Rainforest. Of, mm -hmm. Of some wildlife, some grizzly bears, and some spirit bears. Coastal wolves? No, I still have never... It's elusive. Man, it's so elusive. I spent, on my birthday, I asked, asked the, like, the manager, I was like, on my birthday, I just want, I know that there's this pack of wolves on Quigley Creek. I want it, of drop course. me off, drop me off, <laughs> let me spend my day there so I can just sit there and, and quiet and wait for the wolves and I sat there all day I could hear them they they obviously saw me they knew I was there and they just decided to choose not to come out that day um, but I could feel their presence like a hundred meters away mm -hmm. across the creek like I could hear them I knew they were there so that was cool like I I, I, I felt I got to share for the hours on end oh the whole day the whole day the entire day um, you're just sitting there 
Yeah. Just sitting there. That's kind of what we do. We just sit there for like eight hours straight. We don't move. And we just like let the wildlife come to us. That's your, like, that's the method of guiding up there? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Because if you move around, you just spook wildlife. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, when, like, what does a typical day of guiding up there look like? Get up early, get the boats ready, have breakfast real quick, drive for like an hour and a half on the ocean Mm -hmm. to these. Is it you and other guides or are you guiding alone? Um, So, there's a, a lead guide. And a tail guide. Okay, and yeah. There's generally four boats that go out, so. Because, I mean, if something goes wrong, like. We're, our company, we're pretty set up for mm-hmm. success. We've got sat phones and spot devices, and they know where we are, where we're going to be. If we move locations, we're Yeah, we're you have to be, right? Like, yeah. Because if, if something went wrong, it would be really bad. Yeah. So we're on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go out there. Yeah. You're driving. Yeah. We have skippers. I am licensed to drive, but the skippers, because they're, they're from the community, they know the waters better, better than anyone. Yeah, totally. And those waters are, like, super gnarly. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't want that responsibility. In what way? Just, like, big, like, full old-growth trees, like, in the water, like, just under the surface. You're going, like, 30 knots, and, like, and there's some big waves sometimes. You don't see these trees. Like, you just, like, you destroy the boat, and you... And there's reefs everywhere, and the tide, the rip tides coming in, and Jesus, it's it can be super gnarly. Yeah, yeah. So no kidding. And then if you're out on the open ocean, like you've got like sometimes three meter swells that are serious. Jesus, dude, yeah. it's wild. Yeah, and like you're, I mean, like it's not just like your experience, but like you have clients. Yep. Yeah. 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 Like on uh, <clears throat> some crazier days. The clients definitely aren't that stoked when they're in the boat. Do you have the odd one that's just like <clears throat> full on? Like, have you seen Forrest Gump, where he's like <laughs> the legless Lieutenant Dan is like during the storm, like on the top, just like, <laughs> is this? Do you call this a storm? <laughs> like, I've probably had like one or two, but most people are not that hype. No, no, it's really <laughs> they're like, they're like, like kind of afraid for their lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like us guys, we're supposed to be like, it's all good. I'm like 15 minutes yeah. like hey Charlie like are we gonna live (laughs) (laughs) that's stoicism do you think that that is like like like, I mean like you talk about like when you were canoeing yeah and you were like I have to get out of here otherwise I'm gonna die like were you freaking out in that moment and like do you think like as sort of a long contrived question but it seems like there's a common theme here with these you get yourself in these situations and there has to be a sense of like calmness and belief and do you think that that's tougher with clients like uh i i kind of like being in the in these situations where like everything's on the line if that makes sense yeah where like these decisions are like pretty serious and they've got consequences i don't know i just feel like i operate better under those circumstances that's probably why we try some hard scary gear routes probably why I get myself yeah. into these situations I don't know I just I just enjoy being like is that. it like is it like for you is it type 2 like you're kind of gripped during the moment and then after you can reflect or is it like when you're actually in the moment you're like this is awesome no I'm usually pretty gripped <laughs> okay cool I just yeah, want yeah, to make no, sure no. I wasn't talking no, to Jesus no. Christ or something no no I'm totally totally gripped a lot of times yeah. yeah yeah and like is it is it tough to not show that when like something's wild's happening like Oh, with, with clients? Uh-huh. 
it's not so bad. It's not so bad. Like, sometimes we get, like, the odd bear that gets a little too close. Yeah. And my heart starts to beat a bit faster. Yeah, so how do you even, like... I keep driving us on tangents, but how do you even... So you take them on the boat, and then how to... Because, like, it's not like the bears are just there, you know? And they're not there for you. No, no, God, no. God, no, they of want course nothing, not. They, they want, want nothing, nothing to do with... They don't yeah, give a totally. shit about... So we, we go during, like, we operate during the salmon run. So, like, for instance, the... the I'm not supposed to say, so... Um, this river uh-huh. in the Great Bear Rainforest. We're not supposed to say locations. Nice one. But, well done. Um, you sneaky bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's one river. Um, potentially 60 grizzly bears occupy this river during the salmon run. So there's it's a high concentration over like three kilometers of, of river front. Um, and we have this one spot where we go to. And we've kind of created it as our space. And we just sit there all day and the bears just kind of do their thing and sit are you on the boat no no we're like on we're on land so it's not uncommon to have a bear come like three meters away from us um they they just want to be left alone like they basically just want to eat their fish like any other bear yeah. yeah and as long as like we operate as a as a a good team and like the guests listen to our our guide's instructions like it can be amazing um and if the bear if if we all like feel comfortable if all the guests feel comfortable um the bears can come really close this like certain bears they you know they're there every day and they get used to us guides and our smells and they read body language and if they feel comfortable like at the, the start of the season you'll get a bear that won't come too close and by the end like they'll come close every time and like just relax and hang out because cool. it like feels comfortable around us. Well, yeah, I totally think that like, I mean, it's ignorant to think that animals don't have personalities. Oh, they they do for sure. You know. Oh yeah, I catch myself laughing out loud all the time at, at what these bears are doing, especially the cubs. They're so hilarious. What do they do? They're just like they just like play fight with each other and like throw rotten fish at each other <laughs> and like, do somersaults <laughs> and like trip off a log and eat shit and like get embarrassed and like run away. Or, like, one time this little cub, these two cubs, the mom, like, crossed the river, and I think she told them to, like, stay on the shore because the river was going too fast. Yeah, but like, like, boys. But this, like, I guess the older one thought he was, like, he had it, so he jumped in, too, but, like, the river was way too fast and started taking him downstream. And then, like, his mom started freaking out, jumped in the water to get him. His little brother or sister jumped in, too, because he was, like... I can't like watch this. I gotta, I gotta help. Yeah. They just make it to the shore, like barely. The little guy's like exhausted, and his brother just like comes out of nowhere and just like tackles him. He's so happy that he's alive, and they just start play fighting, you know, just like shit like that. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's really neat, man. Yeah. Yeah, and do you like guiding can sort of be tricky sometimes with. I mean, I'm obviously not a guide, but any sort of thing like that where you're showing someone something yeah you got to think about motivations and it's a lot of expectations yeah right. no kidding and there's a lot of like i just want to come here and see a bear and i want to like it's really neat actually talking to you like like this experience mm-hmm. you know and just sitting there like you're talking about with the wolves like do you find people don't have that patience or that attitude oh yeah like yeah. people are more like I, i'm here for a photo yeah sometimes we get certain guests that like have like a checklist 
they want to see the rarest animals in the world and like they don't really the Komodo bear the Komodo bear yeah like they don't really care so much about the experience of like sharing that space with that animal in its home in this wild beautiful place they just want to like mm-hmm. see it and then check it off tell their friends show show a picture and then move on to the next rare is it frustrating super frustrating yeah because like there's a lot of expectation on us to provide that experience even though you have no control over it oh no control <laughs> like we give them the best opportunity possible of course yeah but like at the end of the day it's the rarest it's the rarest bear in the world for a reason and like yeah it's if it doesn't show up show up it like it doesn't show up mm-hmm. like our tenure is massive and there's like maybe 200 of them in the world so it's like finding it, it, literally finding a needle in a haystack sometimes, you know. Have you, you've, you've seen a Komodo bear, right? We were talking about this. Yeah, I've seen five individual Komodo bears now. Any magical moment that, oh, I mean, yeah. there's so much mystique around them. Is that mystique, My f- is it first, legit? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I'm sort of asking foolish questions. but No, no, no. It, the first time I saw a spirit bear, um, it was so random. I was just like walking down the trail with the guests. I just like look up we're in thick brush and like a spirit bear it like popped out looked at us and like walked walked away like within like three seconds just crossed the trail right in front of us like a ghost like a spirit and we all just were just like whoa what do you even say after that don't i just looked around at everyone's faces and everyone was just like everyone was in that group was awesome because they were there for the experience too and like that that right there was an awesome experience um, and that was like my first um Komodi bear and then later that day we we saw him again but like coming down right to the river and like saw him for like 20 minutes which is pretty sweet that's magical yeah yeah and these like these big experiences like you were you said you were brought up there by the coastal wolves yeah they really want to you see know, a coastal wolf this i'll see one maybe this year yeah, oh, yeah. fuck yeah dude yeah and that has that gone away that like sort of like search for adventure or that search for like these wild places oh no that will be in in me forever like there's especially in the great Barrier rainforest there's there's so much to see wow we take lifetimes to explore yeah. there's big granite walls everywhere like squamishes everywhere all over the place wow yeah wow yeah man oh man you're a busy dude like how do you balance it I take I take breaks with things like photography okay. for example I'm like a lazy photographer there's moments where I'm like really into it and I wor- work really hard to to make it happen but mm-hmm. like the last few months I've been like pretty relaxed about it and just been more focusing on climbing and then there'll be times where where like photography is like the the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah I think yeah I just like kind of I've got it set up throughout the year where it's like commitment to all these things like to one thing and then I switch to the next thing yeah yeah and then big breaks and then I like really miss that thing again and then get right back into and it and these big breaks usually include like just some other passion yeah just like going to work just yeah going to work like going back up to the lodge going, going I can guy. see it in your eyes yeah, yeah you're stoked oh I'm stoked yeah and you should be you get to take this pictures this place looks of, so cool oh, look at yeah. that man. that's cool yep yeah that's like a typical Typical day, something you could see. Wow. 
It's a great block. Yeah, I'm kind of blown away right now, like more than I. Yeah, and Ian, Ian McAllister, he, he's the uh, the author and the photographer. He's he's been like a big role, a big role model for me. In that you wanna. Well, he started uh, Pacific Wild, which is non-for-profit, um, basically, mm -hmm. uh, to protect the, the Great Bear Rainforest. And that's kind of like, for me, the future with with photography and guiding is, is to, to kind of get into conservation work and bring more light to the issues that are facing the, the Great Bear Rainforest. And what are the issues? Well, trophy bear hunting is a big one, though we just got that. Um, BC government finally closed, yeah. closed that, which is nice. Uh, totally, yeah. The unfortunate thing is they haven't closed the black bear hunt. So, it's kind of nerdy, but no, the didn't. spirit bear is just a black bear at the end of the day mm -hmm. um, with a recessive gene. So, black bears... It's not albino, though, no, right? No, no. It's, a, it's a regular regular black bear just with a double recessive gene that allows the, the coat to be white. Mm -hmm. Um but black bears carry that gene. So if if we hunt black bears, and we don't really know how many spirit bears there are. So if we hunt all these black bears that carry this gene, not knowing, killing them, we are So like two black bears could mate. And produce a spirit bear. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. So, but like if you kill those two black bears. There's no spirit bear. No spirit and bear. And there's no black bears. And there's no black bears. So... That's, that's, a, that's an issue we're facing right now. So how do you... What is the way to... I mean, that's a big question, that's a big but how do you fix it, you know? I have no idea how to fix it. Yeah, that... I don't think you could just completely remove the black Cause, bear. Because, I mean, the tr as far as hunting goes, like... Yeah, a lot of people eat black bear. And you're, I mean, you know, you're a guide. Yeah. You're not a hunting guide. No, no. You're not a hunting guide. No. But, like, at some point or another, I mean, you have to imagine that guiding up there probably... You know, people maybe went up there to shoot grizzly bears before they did to view them. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you know of, what I'm saying? Like the, the rivers, origins of. Oh yeah, one of the rivers was a, a was a big hunting ground, um, and they almost completely removed all the grizzly bears from that estuary. And there's we even like show the guests some of the snares and bear, like traps that are still like out there just to show them like the history of of the estuary, mm -hmm. and this place. But um, the Coastal First Nations, the Kitasu, they they actually bought the um, the hunting license off the guy, so he couldn't hunt anymore. And now there's a healthy bear population again. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the community rallied together. Yeah, so the Coastal First Nations, I think there's six of them, six of them all together, all along the coast. Have six different bands of sorts. Six yeah. different uh, yeah bands have have kind of created this. On their own, they weren't as strong, but now that they've kind of unified their voice, that's so cool, man. They're getting a lot done, yeah. And they're protecting it. Yeah, yeah. There's at least in our area, there is no hunting whatsoever. That's awesome. Yeah. But the Great Bear Rainforest is it's massive. Massive. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple private um, ta like hunting licenses still out there that are being used in the Great mm -hmm. Bear Rainforest, but yeah, it's, it is technically yeah. illegal under, under, under their law. That's sweet. Yeah. And as far as like other issues go, like you talk about, you want to conserve and how do you use your photography or your, 
you know, who you are? How does that, where does that play into conservation? And um, So there's a, a league called the International Conservation League of Photographers, which is something I've always wanted to be a part of. And they, like me on my own, like I'm just one person, but, you know, with an organization like, like that, they, they've got a lot of uh, just resources. So um, if I could get, I really want to be a part of that kind of organization because they focus on conservation. And uh, there are a couple of photographers mm -hmm. that do focus on this the Great Bear Rainforest, like Ian McAllister. Um, but just as a guide, I just I have a, a slightly different perspective. Like some of these guys might just be scientists. So, you know, they might not, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I just like have a lot of experience on, on land with the bears and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it's your job. Yeah, it's my job. It's so, like your, your, yeah. your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like you, you can know a lot about a bear, and but it, like one of this, I met this one scientist, a bear scientist, a biologist, and he was like... A bear scientist. A bear scientist. <laughs> a bearist. He's like, yeah, I know a lot about bears, but I see like maybe one a year. And it's like, yeah, you spent all this time going to university like to study bears mm -hmm. and like you never really see them. And it's like, yeah. I see a fuck ton of bears <laughs> all the time all yeah there's this like from that Michael Becky and Norma cast yeah like don't tell me how educated you are tell me how much you've traveled yeah yeah similar thing yeah yeah so as far as guiding goes with the conservation do you think because I've always I would like to be a guide at some point I think uh, like a rock guide sick and um I think that it does have an opportunity for conservation totally because like I mean like I, I don't know how you got into climbing um, but I got into climbing, I took a glacier travel course mm -hmm. and had this guide, like Jay Mills, coolest dude ever, man. And like, Sick. I was totally just like this annoying kid, just like, Hey, like, like, you know, like, how do you do this? Like, I, I got a lot more than for a glacier travel course. You know, like you're yeah, showing yeah, me yeah, everything. Yeah. And I was stoked, you know, it's like, yeah. do you, like, you must see that in people's eyes. Like you don't. You don't see, whether you're there for the Instagram or not, you don't see a Kermode bear and come back to the same person. No, I don't think so. And yeah. you, you want to, you like feel an instinct to protect that. So like, do you think guiding is a foot in the door for conservation or even more? Totally. Yeah. Like, is every, that why you do it? Yeah. Every day I'm out there and basically teaching like a lot of people, like they come, they, they come to our lodge, but they don't really know what they're getting themselves into sometimes. And like, I just like enjoy teaching and like telling these people about the issues that are you know threatening the Great Bear Rainforest as long also with like just the information like about the animals and stuff like that um, and then through photography just by like showing pictures to people of, like or showing a Komodi bear to someone that would never have a chance to see the bear in real life might just be enough to like get them to be like wow that bear is like pretty special like maybe i should do something maybe i should mm -hmm. support pacific wild and is that how like how do people how do people go about supporting it like how do people what's the move when you when you see it when I, when you inspire a client yeah and they're like man kyle like what a trip like how do i do something about this place yeah like you could easily go to pacificwild.org and and just like hit the donate button or write a letter to your um to your city about like an issue that like, it doesn't have to be about the Grand Rainforest. it could be could be anything mm -hmm. like um 
there's a lot of issues out there. There is. Yeah. 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 yeah as climbers, sometimes <laughs> we're sort of detached from. Yeah. Well, we have issues in, in the climbing community, you know, like access. Like access is a serious issue. Yeah. Especially totally. with Squamish right now. There's a lot of people yeah, living like in their the, vans. There's a lot of there's a lot of fuckers <laughs> living in their vans. Can you imagine the yeah. nerve? Totally. To come in here, mooch, freeload. Yeah. You know, and just totally abuse the system. Or think about the impact we we like put on the the landscape. Mm. -hmm. Well, know, I like, mean, like, and like like with new roots, do you sometimes have that? Does that bother you at all, like bolting and stuff? Um, bolting doesn't bo bother me as long as like if. If like I saw someone like bolt a crack, I'd be pretty choked, and there's a chance I would potentially chop the bolts. Mm -hmm. But like, if if it's like a needed because you can't protect it naturally on gear, like, no, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but like, if I don't have to cut down the cedar tree, that's like on my route, I'm not gonna cut it down. Because mm -hmm. you know? I mean, Squamish development. I mean, I don't know. At least coming from the Rockies. Yeah. And like I don't know about the development you've done in like the Okanagan and stuff. It's it's a different beast. You know, you're fighting the you're not fighting the trees, but they're not helping. You know, it's serious effort out here. Yeah, and you know that better than oh. most. Yeah. What's There's that a... like? What's that process like? I'm you, just I, I'm yeah. biting off more than I can chew right now I, with mine, but yeah. Well, yours is pretty good. It's like, clean. It's pretty clean because it's so steep. Yeah. But like inside corners or cracks on like slightly off vertical, oh, it's bad. It's just like thousands of years of dirt wedged into the crack. That's fucking cool. And then a tree, like a whole root system through <laughs> the crack that you need to remove. Mm -hmm. It's just like serious effort. So I gotta ask, like, because you definitely have it, I think, this how do you look at this like like you wouldn't even know if a splitter's there like honestly sometimes the cracks can be so dirty yeah that you have no idea how do you and when did you you know what i mean like when did you start seeing okay where all of this fucking moss and cedar tree and dead squirrels are yeah, yeah. there's a prized roost <laughs> under there you know like, yeah like if i actually Bring my dog, my saw, my crowbar, and a can-do attitude. Yeah. I can, can put do. some shit into this thing. Like, how did that start, man? Like, where? Here, I just, like, start, I just, like, wrapped down. And like, what do you see? Sorry, I'm going to ask one more what, question, and I'll let you fucking go on a tangent. What do I see? What do you see when you see, like, do you know what I mean? Like, there must be, you, you see it through a different lens. Yeah, I just see, like... Um, creativity really for me like creating a line it's it's just another outlet for me to be creative um, because like yeah you don't you don't really know what's what it's gonna end up no. looking like you know like <laughs> like today like I was like oh man like I need to remove like a serious amount of rock and this might completely destroy the root like the root might be like really easy now or like maybe I can't protect it anymore when I like remove like these five refrigerator sized blocks off the north yeah like oh my god remove some that must have been terrifying yeah it was terrifying you know like where's the rope okay the rope's out of the way okay here we go um but it's just like it's just creativity I don't know it's just like another outlet for me mm -hmm. and just like keep scrubbing and oh like oh cool here's this 
this sweet side pole and like oh like how the hell am I gonna get to this and like scrub a bit more and like oh there's this perfect foothold right here nice this goes okay keep going and it reveals itself and then like it slowly reveals itself mm -hmm. yeah to those who are willing to work yeah yeah if you're that's willing sort to, of romantic if, you know? you're, if you're willing to put in the effort yeah it's pretty sweet do you like so moving forward is Squamish sort of your zone for that or are you gonna try and branch out internationally like where's your climbing guiding your whole f the life of Kyle life of Kyle the life of Kyle where's the life of Kyle going um BC is where my heart's at yeah I love cool, BC yeah. like I've never felt more at home than BC so I definitely want to like spend more time in Squamish just I want to put up some ribs I want to put up a couple big multi pitches yeah that would be pretty sweet um and just yeah do some bigger lines and do more development but I don't know maybe, I don't I don't know where it's really going to take me after that um, guiding, I definitely want to keep guiding, and then go uh, get into some conservation work and see where that takes me. But I definitely want to focus my energy on like BC issues for sure. Yeah, because that's where your heart is. Yeah, yeah I love BC so much. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Eh? Oh yeah, everything I need is here, so I might as well start trying to protect it too. Well while doing the things I love. Yeah, and why not, right? Like, people don't realize maybe with anything, like, I mean, with climbing, you see all the time, like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. It's like, well... You can. You actually can. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, we're yeah. Canadian. Yeah. We have it pretty fucking easy. Like, yeah. you know, it's a privileged point of view to, like, anything past eating and, you know, worrying about where your next meal's coming from is privileged. To yeah, totally. Like, putting yourself, like, ten feet above, like, a triple zero, like, that's per that's privilege. Right that is that's the definition of privilege. Yeah, like risking your life to climb a rock. Yeah, for a little thrill. Totally. Just a little, you know, just, just a little quiver of the bee hole. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so one thing that I'm gonna try and keep a common theme on this is like, what is it for you that wakes you up in the morning? What gets you psyched? And how do you go about and do that instead of just fucking talking about it? Oh man. That's a uh, big and contrived question, but I believe in you, Kyle. I think you can take this bitch down. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, with, with for example, at, uh, at work, like, when I wake up every day, like, there is a chance that I am going to see, there actually, there's a very good chance that I'm going to see the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then tomorrow, it's going to trump it. So it's like yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like every day I'm like, like I literally like it could be the greatest day of my life, um, and then I just like chase that, basically, with everything. That's, I think that's a good place. To, that's yeah. awesome, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kyle. Yeah, no problem. Great. So with that note, uh, the Punchcast is very green, very keen, um, and stoked. Really, really stoked. Actually, I'm really excited. Um, I will, I'm very open to criticism, unless it's about the random brontosaurus sounds, in which case that's just not negotiable. Um, it is what it is. Thanks for listening, and don't let your dreams be memes. <laughs>